1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
3: And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, DJ Bucky. Uh, together as we march a little closer to the draft. Buck, uh, big win for your Dodgers last night. I won't. I won't go into details, but uh, man, I don't it know big. if it, I don't know if it was big. It's kind of like expected. They the own Giants. the Giants I mean, up there, man.
4: Yeah, look, look, look! Ten five win. It's always good. Yeah. Always good to get a dub.
0: Max, oh, your team,
4: your team, your team didn't. Your team didn't. Do uh, it as well
0: as, we're tied. It didn't do we're well. tied in the standings. We've been playing good teams, so it's a little different. It's not. <laughs> no, different. All teams are good. All teams are good. Uh, they're no, they're not. Um, all right, let's jump into some football talk here because today on the pod. I'm uh, not going to be a super long episode, but what we are going to do is we're going to get outside of of, uh, of round one, day one. We're going to jump in with mm-hmm. both feet to day two. Um, I think that's the best value in any drafts, maybe maybe especially this one, uh, where you can get cheap starters. Um, and I think this is a draft where you look at some certain positions. Um, there's really good depth in this re- in this day two, you know, which is rounds two and three. Especially when you start looking at corners, you start looking at uh running backs tight ends um defensive ends edge rusher types like there's good there's good players that are going to be here on day number two so i thought we just kind of go by position and just kind of give off some of our favorite names here you game yeah i'm good i'm good with that um let's let's jump in here let's start as we always do let's start at the quarterback position so if we are to assume we know four are going to go in one. Uh, I think we both are on the same page that Henn and Hooker's probably going to sneak into one. So if we eliminate those five guys, um, who's going to be the next one? Who do you like? Not necessarily who the next one to go is, but a guy that you really like. And I do think with quarterbacks that, you know, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense with second-round quarterbacks nowadays because if you like them enough to take them in the second round, you probably should just trade up into the back of one to get the extra year on the contract. Um, just makes more sense financially. So, second round quarterbacks are are becoming few and far between uh, lately. Usually, there's a little bit of a gap between that first wave, and then you get to the third round um, where you could see that next group. So, for me, a third round quarterback that I really like, one that's continued to grow on me the more that I watch him um, and the more that I've seen him and what he can do, I'm actually going to go to BYU's Jaron Hall. Uh, our buddy John Beck's been working with him, uh, speaks very highly of him, but just watching him on the tape, I thought there was a lot of poise to his game. Um, he's got a lot of athleticism. He's got a little bounce to him, a little twitch to him. Uh, just wanted to see him be a little bit more consistent accuracy-wise when he's under pressure. That was kind of my my thing that I want to see him improve on. He's not a big guy. He's a little over six foot. He's over you know, 207 pounds, uh, but he can move. He's got a strong arm, and to me, Third round would probably be uh, would be that spot, maybe towards the middle back of three. Um, I could see Jaron mm-hmm. Hall being an interesting an interesting find at that point in the draft.
4: OK, so here's what's funny. We have been working together too long. So I'm looking at my notes and uh, I have efficient passer. I said he plays more like a point guard, quick rhythm, passing game, ball control, kind of plays the game within a 10 to 20 yard box. Uh, mm-hmm. Great throwing the back shoulder fade. Um, I looked at the percentages, which are outstanding completion rate and all that. You can't really judge everything on that. And so I had two things. So I, I still kind of used the Seattle system in my head, but I had a third round grade on them, but the comparison that I made to them, I wrote down Derek Carr and Ooh, I don't know why I wrote like, it's been a while since because I've they both have notes.
0: a little bit of a, they have a little twitch to them. Like
4: there's like Derek yeah, Carr's so little I,
0: bounce to him, plays a little bounce. Yeah.
4: So I put, I put Derek, I put Derek Carr in my notes, which is which is kind of funny that um, I had it in there, but I do like him. You know, the fact that he had like some rushing yards and some stuff. Um, they said that at the senior bowl, he was beat up with his ankle and stuff. So you didn't really get a chance to see him at his best um, in that environment. But there was a lot of like about his game. You know, the funny thing, I think he's, he's also an older guy. I think I have now that he's 24, mm-hmm. um, 24 years old. I mean, not that it didn't necessarily matters for quarterbacks, but. Uh, it was one of the
0: things that I had in my notes about him. Let me uh, hold. I probably have that in here. Hold on. Darren Hall. He. I didn't have. I don't have the the uh, birth date on this one. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he is a little bit older. Correct.
4: I mean, but that's. I mean, that's BYU. So I'm not. I'm not necessarily surprised. Yeah, but it's, it's,
0: it's kind of it's a draft of of a lot of guys like that um, this year, including obviously uh, Hinton Hooker, probably at the top of the list. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Jaron Hall. So,
4: I am with that. So, my guy, uh, and it's funny that we just talked about Jaron Hall because I'm sure that BYU probably served his mission. Uh, My guy would be Tanner McKee from Stanford. Oh, there you go. And the funny thing, man, look, I'm looking at these notes. Like, I had a solid grade on him coming there. Classic drop back passer, pro-style offense, really good arm, solid mechanics. I thought he had quick feet inside the pocket, particularly for someone who is as tall as he is, 6'6", 230 pounds. Like, that is a a really long quarterback. I felt like he was a, had a solid all-around game, questionable supporting cast. And Ooh. the numbers, look, the numbers aren't great. So I'm looking like last few years, like 5,200 yards. He had 28 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. But in my notes, I have game manager plus. And I wrote down
0: extra large Jerry Goff. Oh, interesting. That's um, an interesting one
4: yeah like so i i put that down and a lot of times man with me i kind of put these things down because it's kind of like that flash scouting like the blink where hey what's the first person that comes to mind when you look at them like just write it down when it comes to comparisons i try not to overthink it when it comes to that but obviously that's what i thought at the time extra large Jared goff but um we've seen him we've seen him do some stuff i remember watching him in high school up here corona centennial uh he was man he was so Different than what they normally played with up there. Anyone who was less than who's outside of California, Corona Centennial is probably the best public school uh, in terms of public school football that you can get in Southern California. It may be one of the best public schools in terms of football programs in all of California, and they just kind of get after, it. and they've done it in a very simplistic system or whatever. He's not their normal style, but to watch him go from playing in that system to playing at Stanford gives me hope that look he can handle. A lot of information he can obviously process because he's going to be a Stanford grad. Uh, It's just a matter of where does he fit? He has to be in the right system to play, but a West Coast offense that kind of just needs a point guard. I think he's a perfect guy for that system.
0: Yeah, I I saw him play in high school as well. Uh, They played uh, school right across the street from where I was living at the time. And actually, I remember texting David Shaw during, during the game and said, hey, are you recruiting this Centennial quarterback? He goes, yeah, I think we actually might end up getting him. I said, well, dude, he's yeah, this guy is impressive. He is big. He can move around. Um, he's got a live arm, all those things. I, I thought he would end up being a really, really big-time player. The development part of it, just it didn't come together for him as, mm-hmm. as it was expected to. Um, and you mentioned the supporting cast was not good, particularly his last year there. But when I put down comps, it's funny because I think this will be the range of comps because you kind of did the lesser version of Jared Goff. And I wrote down Sudfeld, like he, he reminded me of oh, Nate, Sudfield. Nate okay. Sudfeld. So kind of a big, you know, bigger guy, longer guy. Uh, that was my comp there. So, uh, so here's know, the he, thing. He's Nate, Nate Sudfeld
4: has carved out a, a, a solid career in the league. He's bounced around and been on a few different teams. He has to have five, six years oh, yeah. in the league. I haven't, haven't looked at Nate Sudfeld. He started.
0: Ask Rhett, ask Rhett. He'll know. I, uh, you guys, that's
4: his guy. That's his guy for sure. He used to always bring him up. Um, you know it it so that's not a bad comp man he's he's been around DJ he's yeah by the way years old he's he's been in the league since 2016.
0: yeah so I felt made it hey that's pension baby we're we're rolling oh, um holy, good for him holy, holy smokes
4: he has been around a no, long Eagles, time Eagles
0: Niners uh um, six
4: years of experience he's been in yeah nice How about that? nice comp Six six two twenty seven. 27.
0: By the way, Nabil uh gave us the birth date on Jaron Hall, March 24th, 98. So he's 25 years old. So he is a little bit older there. Mm. Uh, so, so there you go on that one. Um all right. So we've got two names there. We've got Jaron Hall, we've got Tanner McKee. Let's go to wideouts, Buck. You wanna you wanna lead us off here with a wide out second, third round wide out that uh, that you'd love to see?
4: Okay, so I could go a few different ways, but I'm gonna go with Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Um okay. When I checked him out, like uh, I I love his um, one. I love the production, watching him all the way from high school. Like, DJ, I don't know if you know this, but like he has the state record in Texas for receiving yards in a career over over 5000 receiving yards in a high school career and in a single season. I want to say he had over 2000 receiving yards in high school. Mm -hmm. So then you take that because that production, the, the amount of touches that he had in high school certainly translates well to college because we know that he can be productive in the Oklahoma system. He's also been very, very productive, kind of crafty, kind of does his thing in terms of creating separation and getting open, solid with his hands and those things. Not just, you know, at a time where you don't have what we would call like elite wide receivers, you have guys that are more role players. I can see him filling a role in the right system
0: and having a lot of success. It's, I'm glad you mentioned him because I, I was not going to use him, but I felt like I'm—he's one of those guys where I almost feel like I'm taking crazy pills, Buck. Because I'm like, what? What am I missing? Like, I—I I really like this guy. He's productive. Yeah. He's got burst. Um, he tracks the ball really well. He's quick in and out. Um, he can separate. I, I didn't think he was real strong, you know, like strong mm. after the catch or maybe it's strong, you know, combat catch guy. But I really liked him. I thought, you know, this guy's a. He's a third round pick, a really good third round pick, and mm-hmm. man, I I can't get any traction. Like when I talk to my buddies around the league, GMs, coaches, like they always kind of lukewarm on him. And I'm like, I what what am I missing? Is it just a play strength thing? Is that? I mean, I don't know. I I yeah, I don't guys know. Guys I think I good. think
4: yeah, I think sometimes in in these things, when we get to this time of year, and depending on you've like sometimes I think for everybody, even guys inside the league, I think all the names run together, and you have yeah. a tendency to kind of. You know, DJ, we've sat in those rooms, and you're looking at the board, right? And the first round has these amount of names, the second round. But then the second and third round is just like a just like spaghetti's been thrown on the wall. black, mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out who's who. They're like 10 to 12 names at wide receiver, and you're trying to sort out who's who. You got the outside receivers and the slot receivers. And sometimes guys just, I mean, they get overlooked. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like Mims has been overlooked that he could have been in that conversation before not like when we're on path talking about like some of the top guys but he certainly should be in the conversation he's a good player
0: you know and he's gonna be a contributing player he's gonna have a chance no, no doubt um I, I want to go give you some numbers here and then it's going to get me to my guy okay so if you're looking at the wide receivers in this draft i'm just going to rip through a bunch of names of, of good players of highly rated players in this draft okay you've got Jordan Adderson is 173 pounds. Zay Flowers, 182 pounds. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hyatt, 176 pounds. Nathan Dell, 165 pounds. Josh Downs, 171 pounds. Charlie Jones, 175 pounds. Tyler Scott, 177 pounds. Buck, I don't think I've ever seen this many. Like us. Like, I, I can't remember. Can you remember a year where we've had this many guys that just are so undersized at that position? No,
4: I, I, I can't.
0: I really can't remember seeing so many guys that are
4: so small uh, in terms of like those slender frames. And yeah, it makes it makes you worry a, a, a little bit about their durability and their ability to play through uh, the contact, the rigors of the position. Uh, but then they've all been very, very productive. Like, here's the thing. You yeah. talk about those guys. I mean, you talk about Addison, you talk about Josh Downs. I mean, it, it goes on and on. All those guys have a ton of catches where they've yep. been able to get open. Uh, very limited injury history for most of them but you just see them and you're like, man, they're so skinny. They're so frail. How are they going to deal with not only just the big hits that happen after they make catches, but how are they going to deal with the physical guys at the line of scrimmage that put their that's, hands that's, on them? That's, a, that's you know? a
0: conversation that's taking place right now. Everywhere, you know?
4: Yeah. Like, like who, how, how are you going to get off press? What does that look like? Yeah. You can't always protect them in the slot and put them in motion. At some point they have to be able to win on their own without assistance from the scheme or the coach. That's the concern. And so then mm. you're looking if they're smaller, in my mind I'm like you can't be small and slow when well, they need to be small and exceptionally quick or exceptionally fast cuz you have to have something to offset what you won't bring to the table as a strong guy
0: um, yep makes it so tough. that that leads me to this point so I just give that laundry list of names right of the undersized guys so I'm going to I'm going to sneak it in here I'm going to get two names of receivers that because of that I think are going to elevate and are going to go higher than maybe we think mm. they are, and I think these are two really, really good players. But it's Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, mm-hmm. who's six oh three three two thirteen. He ran four five four, but he he's big and plays fast. He, yeah. he wins on, you went know, like yeah. down the field. He attacks the ball. He big bodies dudes. Yeah, he beat up Keely Ringo multiple times mm-hmm. in that game against Georgia. He can adjust the ball down the field. Like he's interesting. So that's one. The second one is going to be Jonathan Mingo from Old Miss. Jonathan Mingo oh, is all yeah. Ole Miss receivers. They're all huge. Buck he's six zero one six two twenty. Ran four four six. It's lot of lots of bubbles. Quick hitters. He's got some unbelievable one handed catches. Um, he can high point it. He can adjust. You know, I didn't think he was super super polished, um, but he's physical after the catch. So when I when you're when you have that. When you're in that pond and there's a bunch of those little minnows running around all of a sudden it's like we, we got a couple of largemouth bass in here like these guys stand out amongst this group big time yeah. so it's funny you brought that up um
4: and i'm gonna go back to a conversation that i had a long time ago with um a uh, coach Gail haskell who was the wide receiver coach in seattle when i was there but i'm gonna go back to the draft when you remember when corin Robinson. we're gonna leave when Corn robinson and all yeah. those guys came yeah. out yeah and so robinson team. yeah so so Corn robinson uh came out and we were in seattle and we drafted him from nc state and he was a big guy and ran fast and those things but there was another guy in the class that we were considering david terrell who went mm-hmm. to the bears he was drafted uh he might have i think it was a first round pick yeah so round pick yeah so david terrell was 6-2 and i remember we were up there and you know like dj when you have the combine times you have the pro day times and you're talking about hey man he's 6-2 he ran Four, five, five, four, six. And we're talking about four, five, five, and four, six like it was slow. And mm-hmm. I remember Gil Haskell and Mike Holmgren saying, Hey, man, for big guys, four, five is moving because mm-hmm. you're moving a lot of weight that's fast enough. That's this and that. And this came from a time where he used to be um the offensive coordinator with the Carolina Panthers, and they had a bunch of big guys. Musim Muhammad, they had Patrick Jeffers, um, mm-hmm. they had a bunch of big wide receivers all on the perimeter doing those things. And he was like, you got to remember when you have big guys like that, that can move their size and their ability to post up makes it so difficult for the smaller DBs. And if they can move enough to create separation and maybe you have to teach them tricks like, hey, they speed cut everything instead of stopping and starting. But Mm -hmm. big guys like that have a way. And so when you talk about the guys that you're talking about over six foot that are kind of bigger, thicker and sturdier than the little guys that we're mentioning, that's plenty fast enough. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's plenty fast enough for them to create separation and be problematic when it comes to defending them on the perimeter.
0: Yeah, I, I think you know when you just look at this draft. To me, it's harder in this draft to find these guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to, if you want to get, if you have a, you want to get a couple wideouts in the draft, you're going to target the bigger guy first because you can still get the little guy in the third. Four, they're going to be there through the whole draft. You're going to find a little mm-hmm. fast guy in any round three through six. You can find a little fast guy. Yes, but the bigger the bigger guys with some ability. Those guys are a little bit harder to find, in my opinion, in this in this crop. How about the tight ends, Buck?
4: So tight ends. So it's funny. Um, you know, and, and, and thinking about some of the sleepers, we haven't talked about this guy, but this guy could go early. Tucker Craft.
0: Yeah, he's um, a good player, and I don't South- think we have talked about him much either. You're right. From South Dakota State, um, great,
4: good seam runner, uh, combo tight end. Flex wide, can line up in line, can play out wide. Uh great knack for getting open, soft hands, uh, does a really good job of just kind of creating space and winning those 50-50 balls over the middle of the field. Um, you think about Dallas Goddard and how Dallas Goddard evolved and has continued to develop in the league. I mean, this guy is similar to me. Like, I mean, Dallas Goddard to me may have been more productive and a little more polished. This guy's a really good football player. And we've talked about the tight end position being one of the strong points of the draft yeah dj in in this draft you have no excuse if you need a tight end and not even a, a front line wide tight end if you need a flex tight end if you need a combo a guy that can be your th- third tight end so you can go 13 personnel there are a bunch of these basketball player like dudes that are out there capable of catching passes and so he to me is one of those that has kind of flown under the radar but we're gonna hear his name day two and people will be like who's that who's that from something with state that's going
0: yeah, no, he's a he's a real deal. He's a real player, man. He's he's he was in my top fifty at one point in time. He's just outside of it, so he's um, he's going to be in my top 55, 60 players for sure, um, which mm-hmm. puts him right in the second round. And I, he might go, he could go a little earlier than that, maybe early second round. But a really good player. The the guy I have stacked just ahead of him, literally one spot ahead of him, who's forty two on my list, who I love on day two is Sam Laporta from from Iowa. Right. Um, he yeah, ran well, buck i mean <laughs> if, if i if
4: i could show you like you can't see my nose but like yeah. i have those guys like back to back i got oh, touching Gratton, each other. yeah the, yeah. Like, yeah i got them yeah. i got them touching each other i have their grades um i gave right the same grade each other yeah like 6060 like yep. same exact thing two of my favorite guys so yeah you you hit it like laporta is A good player, man. He's
0: a good player. He had a great workout. Um, Everything he does is really, really smooth and athletic. Um, He's got strong hands. I thought, you know, when I wrote down on my notes, this guy is quick and fast. A lot of times with tight ends, you get one or the other. He gives you both. He's got shake at the top of routes. He can separate. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think he was ultra physical. Um, I might give Tucker Craft a little bit of the advantage there on being a little bit more of a physical player. Um, but I just thought this guy's a—he's a craftsman, and he understands how to get open. He catches the football.
4: It's funny. So the combination because those guys were touching each other for me. Um, I had Tucker Craft as the big body playmaker, soft hands, great range and radius, seam runner, really good after the catch. Ran some jet sweeps and screens. Mm-hmm. You would see that with Craft. Laporta was the combo tight end, the wire flex, but the chain mover, good route runner, just understands how to get open, sits down and seams. Uh, you see him run seams corners outs all that stuff you talked about his physicality the question mark that i had was his blocking mm-hmm. that was the thing that i dinged him on hey he has to be better in terms of blocking and those things but two really good players two guys on day three um day two that we'll talk about that that second third round those guys are coming off the board and they can be they can be really i mean the tight end class i cannot understand yeah. i mean good players that you can get anywhere in the draft to really fill out that room.
0: So tell me if you're with me so far, we've done QB wideouts, tight ends. I'm most excited. Like I would be most excited about the tight ends. We just mentioned to turn in the card in the second round. Like I, that's the value like that. Those are the Mm -hmm. guys where I'm like, okay, you're getting, you're getting definitely getting a good price on, on where you're getting the talent there at that position. DJ without question. I mean, I'm looking at the
4: first, like, so the first six, not in any order, like, I'm looking at Met Mayer, Musgrave, Kincaid, Darnell Washington, Tucker Craft, Sam Laporte. You get any one of those guys, you're excited about your team, no matter when you have to draft them. You're excited about what all of those guys bring to the table, even though they're all a little different. Um, It's really interesting. And you talk about people getting on that Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. I feel like everybody now is Dalton Kincaid is like the number one guy. I had him number two coming in. I think he's always been your number one tight end. but. Everybody and their mom is talking about Don Kincaid being the guy, and so it's interesting to see how those things play. And I think the bigger thing going to Utah—I don't think he was supposed to be the guy that we were talking he, about. He was supposed
0: to be Keithy. The other tight end got hurt. Yeah, right. you know, so like, it's like holy crud! Look at this
4: yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny how how that goes.
0: Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Let's get to the running back position, Buck. And I I, I don't ever. We don't ever talk about guys' medical stuff on here because it just doesn't help anybody, and we want all these guys to be successful. Mm. But there is a good one, there is a good running back that I, you know, I think's probably going to drop a little bit because of some medical stuff. We won't, you know, we won't get in names or anything like that. But um, gosh, it we'll see more medical stuff comes out over the next over the next week. Um, But it's always a a reminder when you when you're watching the draft and you see a guy and you don't know why he hasn't gone. um, You know, there's. Usually a reason for that. So, uh, let's go day two running back that you are you are really fired up about. Who do you got?
4: Man, so it's funny because you talk about um, guys that are like designated role players, and so a chain. Everyone knows how fast a chain is, but mm-hmm. DJ, it's not fair to watch like Zach I Charbonnet's know, tape
0: <laughs> and then to
4: follow it up with a chain because a chain yeah. looks like he is in fast yeah. on, on fast forward. His speed and, and his explosiveness and all that, the, the thing that you worry about, 5'9", 185, that's problematic. But I'm looking at my yeah. notes. First note that I have on him, big time running back, right? Like, they're probably because the speed just jumped. Balance, body control, vision, rush through arm tackles. I thought he did a good job finishing. The home run speed, you can see it. Soft hands, versatile running back. I said he's pro ready. My comparison in my notes, I compared him to Dalvin Cook in terms of running style. Wow. You know, in terms of being able to to put it down and do those things, 65 catches is significant. Well, now that you know the size, because sometimes like you can't really tell when you're watching tape, like how big they really are. 185 Mm -hmm. pounds is light. But in the right role, I mean, I think about like how Gainwell has been able to do things for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. You know, in the right role, you look at like, man, here comes a little back and he gives you a little pop, gives you a little passing game. A-Chain can do that. I would love to – man, you know I would love to see. I'd love to see a, a great offensive of mind like a Andy Reid have a guy like this to kind of play around with and put him in the screen game and use the speed and spread him out and do that. He's big time. a and kid for me.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Um, well, I have Charbonnet. is going to be my highest rated guy that's going to be available on day two. Um, and I love him. I'm a big fan of his game. But I'm going to give you one that to me is – you know, maybe he's probably going to go third, fourth. Maybe you know, and, and with the running back position, usually you're better off guessing the later round than the earlier round. But I'm going to say he sneaks in to uh, the third round, and I'm actually going to go to Auburn's Tank Bigsby. Um, he just got the profile that works for me. He's five one one five two ten. He's got good size. He ran four five six. He can catch the ball at thirty grabs. He's got burst and bounce. Um, he explodes through contact. He can stop and start um he's excellent after the catch and and sometimes in your notes like you have all the football stuff And the last line i had in my notes is like this is a fun player like you just kind of there's some guys you watch you're like okay that was fun man like watching that dude that's a dude like he's a good football player i haven't heard a word about him i haven't heard i haven't been talking to teams his name never comes up and really usually, it never it doesn't come up and then for me i'm almost like maybe there's a reason why that never everybody's comes up. everybody's playing possum yeah but i'm like his tape's too good like he's too good but every year we see we see backs go in that third fourth round range end up being good football players he's kind of the guy i would target there you know maybe let that first wave go by and then i I, i'd take my shot on him you know the thing the thing about it dj and
4: we talk about it and you know we talk about as more teams move to the back by committee thing i think this year we only had what five running backs that had over a thousand rushing yards it's five or six it was a smaller number one of the smallest numbers we've seen in a long time more teams are going to the by committee situation and you're looking for guys that fill specific roles and if you're going to get a role player i don't want to play top of the market prices when it comes to expending draft capital i'm Mm -hmm. trying to find those guys in the mid rounds for what they are not only in terms of what their base contract is going to be but hey if we're seeing it's a like disposable position where we're going to continue to cycle that through every three or four years well i don't want to commit that kind of capital and so there is we talk about supply and demand the supply at running back it's so plentiful and the yeah. demand is so yeah it's low that you're seeing it impact the veteran market Austin Eckler Ezekiel Elliott Kareem Hunt all these guys that are looking for, you're not gonna find any money dude like no. there's no money out there Jarek McKinnon who had like 10 touchdowns last year for the Kansas City Chiefs all of them expressing frustration at not being able to get like big money deals well it's not gonna happen because when you look ahead to this draft class there's so many younger Fresh fresher bodies that are coming I mean it it, it man it's, that's what it is it's the mm. nature of the business right now you can find these running backs that can come in and give you value for two or three years and then you find the next one and so hate it for cool. running back man hate it
0: yeah it is it
4: mama, is gorgeous, mama don't let you don't let your kids play running back Have you go somewhere it, else man. like
0: it's, it's, it's a short shelf life yeah it's a hey, corner we've been trying to tell them <laughs> Got an athlete play corner, <laughs> little maybe maybe back off the squat rack a little bit and uh, go out there and run a little bit more and play some hoop. Um, all right, let's uh, let's do uh, let's do this one quick here. Let's go tackles and interior linemen. We'll sandwich them together. So if I'm going to give you uh, a tackle in the second round, um, I'm actually going to go Bergeron. I'll go Matthew right, Bergeron yeah. from Syracuse. Yeah, so later, we okay. Syracuse. So we're this we can we can share that one. And then uh, you know a good player. Some people think he'll play guard. I think he could hold up. Um, did lose to Miles Murphy a little bit against some power, but um, overall I thought he does a good job staying attached. Good player. Uh, interior offensive line wise, um, we kind of agreed on that on the tackle there, Buck. Who do you have as your interior offensive lineman on day two that you like?
4: You know it's uh it's so funny, man. Like we we talk like I don't necessarily have the tackle. I like the, the the centers. I mean, I guess they no. can play tackle like. I like whipler from from Ohio State as one that kind of stands out to me. I mean, all these guys kind of rate the same. Michael Smiths, Um, I like the kid. I mean, Voorhees. Didn't he pop his ACL in the workout?
0: Yeah, uh, he got hurt. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, so I remember he was, he the bench. He did the bench yeah, the next day.
4: Yeah, so he he was one of my guys. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because I, I think it's a little lighter on the interior position. Good attacker. I feel like it was a little lighter on the interior blockers. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, it's not a super, super deep group there. Um, so uh, I'm looking at it right now. I would probably go, I mean, we'll see who goes into, into one, but like day two lineman that I really like, I think Tipman ends up going in one. Um, I think Avila is a maybe Osiris Torrance is a maybe Cody, Cody Malk, who we both really like, is going to go Um Smith. Smith is a player. We both like is going to go on, you know, probably mid second round. Uh, maybe he goes, maybe you get him in the third round, but uh, that's kind of where he's in the mix. I, I, two guys I would mention. Um, I just did this dude the other day. Everybody's been telling me about him forever. He was, you know, one of the best players who did not get a combine invite was Chandler Zavala from NC State. He's probably third round, fourth round range, but a really good player. He's nasty. Um, he's a finisher. Uh, the guy for me who, again, probably goes early day three, but I would, my grade, I would take him in the third round is Braden Daniels from Utah, who's a left tackle for them. I think he's going to kick inside. Mm-hmm. He can really move, really athletic. Just needs to get a little stronger. But, um, you know, so there's, there's a list. There's a laundry list there. Good players. Um, Avila would be my favorite if he got to the second round, but I don't think Yeah, so be that's good. what I had.
4: Yeah, because I, I mean, no I, have
0: one.
4: A, DJ, I have a borderline first round grade on Avila. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like just his ability. I, like I wrote down he's a quick set specialist. Howard mm-hmm. Mudd would love him as quick as he sets and throws. I mean, he gets into them early. He jumps He jumps guys at the line of scrimmage. He just understands how to do that. His quickness with his hands and his feet, it all works well. Uh, Really good position blocker, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are some of the interior guys that we like there on day number two. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll zip to the defense here. Favorite day two players at every position. We'll get back to it right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or
1: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Buck, let's start here, edge rushers. So if we're looking at edge rushers, we assume are going to go second, third round, guys that you'd be fired up to turn in the card for. Uh, why don't you fire off a name here, who you got?
4: Okay, this is funny because this is coming full circle. One of our guys who loves to kind of poke the bear at us was Brian Burns. Well, this player reminds mm-hmm. me of Brian Burns. That's BJ Ojolari from yeah. LSU. Uh, speed rusher coming off the edge. You see this quickness. You see the burst, plays hard, high motor, uh, is always very, very relentless in his pursuit of the quarterback. Um, upright rusher, 2 like, I think he has the same move that Brian Burns used. That little dip and rip where he turns the corner <laughs> and does it. And so I just wrote down like, man, this dude is like Brian Burns uh had five sacks um I gave him a a middle of the second round grade because I think he kind of comes off that might be more of a pass rush specialist don't know where we line him up each and every down in our base defense but he certainly has value because he can get to the quarterback and he's he's super athletic
0: yeah I like that one um I'm gonna go to the deeper cut because there is a lot of guys that are Mm -hmm. um borderline you know like to me uh, FAU, right? Felix yep. and Ake Uzama. I'd take him in the first round, but he might be there in the second. If he's there in the second, I think it's a home run pick. Keon White's my 28th player. I he's yep. probably been my one take back, right? If, if every year you have a player, you you great you grade him early and you're like, oh man, as I the more don't you know, watch, the more you do, I, I think I might have been too high. So I pulled him back and then I got to the point what we were talking about. Uh, in the he's other punish him up. Like, he's been punished enough, man. Like, that's enough. See, I don't, he's see, a little older, he's a little tight. But dude, a this guy bit. is explosive and twitchy, and he's got production. He can play inside. He can play outside. I think for me, Buck, it was as much as the Senior Bowl can help guys. Mm-hmm. I had a high expectation of him going down there, and when I left there, I was like, God, man, I just didn't think he dominated like I thought he would dominate down there. So I pulled back a little bit on him.
4: So I had a borderline first round grade on him, and mm-hmm. he's from like he's from my hometown. He played at one of the rival schools. He played at Garner High School, um, and so. Man, I felt like this dude played like a bull in a china shop. He does. Inside, outside player. Hard. Good athleticism, movement schools, versatile. I look down, look, he lines up at three, five, seven technique, power rusher, relentless, active hands, counter, stout versus the run. But like,
0: you see him chasing backs. He's covering backs I mean,
4: 40 yards down the field. So, so, so to me, you talk about guys that I think are, are flying under the radar because I'm like, man, you're so high and I was like, man, like look at the yeah. tape. I like good players. He's yeah. a really good player. He's active. Now, he tore up my Tar Heels. Man. He absolutely no, obliterated them. I mean, he, he tore them up. And so, I don't know, DJ. Like, uh, he's 6'5", 286. That kind versatility. Run. I mean, just – there's just a lot. and There's a much – I mean –
0: I have. Yeah. I mean, goal that's goal. what he's yeah. hes a hard one for me. You know who he reminds me of, not as a player, but in the scenario. Do you remember how high I was on uh, the Miami dude who went to Buffalo? Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, uh, Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau, right? And then the workout, remember, it was him and Jalen Phillips, his teammate at Miami. And Jalen Phillips looks so smooth and fluid and change of direction. And Rousseau is like, oh, crap. He looks tight, man. I didn't realize he was that tight. So I pulled back on him and I ended up settling him in in like the 20s. He ended up going 20s a good player man like he's i think eight eight sacks or something like that last year he's gonna get some double digit
4: sacks he's He's a good player he's been a good player and you know and here's the thing and everyone can learn this and 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 the hard thing is like the think tank or the mob mentality you hear the same names and not only our colleagues in the league but our colleagues in this business right you hear people talk about people so then you start wondering like man no one's talking about the guy that i really like like so then you start having like a little insecurity like man am i am i off did i have a bad day when i looked at the tape Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm convinced and who knows, man, but like the Keon whites of the world, the guys that you really, really hire, like sometimes, man, when you see them that first time, DJ, more times than not, your initial instinct, your initial reaction ends up being the right one. That's why for me, in my notes that first go around, that's why I tend to write like, Hey man, who's he remind me of those things. So I can kind of, so I kind of stay true to like, no, 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 I like this guy. And so I know we haven't talked about it, but I'm gonna stand out there and put myself out there and we'll see what it looks like in three years good player
0: yeah no i i like him so the the deeper cut i was going to give you is one that could be probably third round guy um i was going to go to tennessee uh byron young so uh byron young is liked him he's a good player like him too he ran four four three he's got 32 and a half arms so okay average arm length but he had 10 sacks he's got big time get off he can close at the top um I thought, you know, there's time but he can play a little bit small at times. He's not the bit, not the biggest guy in the world. Um, but I thought this guy had a really, really good feel as a rusher, and he had juice. Um, so to me, in so, the third round, I'd be fired up about him.
4: So yesterday on Path, um, I did like five sleepers, guys to talk about. He was second on the list, you know, nice. when we talked to him. And it was the same thing. DJ, you can't take your eyes off of when you watch Tennessee. Like, and I and I know this, and some of this is like the high school coach of me. Like, man, you just have an appreciation for guys that play hard. You know, guys that run to the ball, guys that finish at the ball, guys that you know, you know, you just see them scratching and clawing to make everything. And he is one of those that, when you look at the tape, he is all over the place doing it. We can talk about the size stuff and what is his like base position. I don't know, but I just know, man, he he, he plays the game like the right way. There's just so much to kind of like about him that look, man, I'll I'll kind of raise that flag on him. I I
0: just like him a lot as a player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan as well. Um, How about a defensive tackle buck day two?
4: You know, like it's not a great group
0: of D tackles, man.
4: No, it's not. And then, so I'll go to, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a solid uh, for my son. My son's at San Jose state. So I'll talk about uh, Fioco uh Mm -hmm. vialami Fioko from san jose state like interior player like 6'4 um 276 like he's fine he's a left end, but you know it's kind of like i think he's gonna have to kick side he's nothing as a pass rusher in terms of elite but he plays hard he flashes a little bit uh maybe he has a chance but you know we talk about like this class and and what people have Mm -hmm. depth rotation player but dj the only thing that 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 leads me to kind of hang on to these guys we've seen so many guys come out the crypt that have ended up being decent contributors on teams right mm-hmm. player right system right environment so he's the one that i'll throw out there
0: yeah that's a good one uh i think he's you know i would say he's probably more likely day three than day two um yeah. but he's kind of you you hit it he's a left end he's gonna be a left end um i'll give you two guys um to me a second and a third so i i think Zach Pickens, I think, could find his way into the second round at some point in time from South Carolina. Um, yeah, he's got, solid player. Long, he's he's twitchy. Gosh, he, you know, I had a chance to talk to his head coach down there. He absolutely loves him. So uh, Shane Beamer is a big fan of uh, of Zach Pickens. But uh, when you um, talk to Beamer, when did, did, when you, you talk to Beamer, did Beamer have his shades on. Or did he take his shades off to talk to you? yeah he golly i'll tell you what the man's got calves too we can talk about the shades we can talk about the dancing he was at the masters wearing shorts it's like how, dude how many calf raises has this guy been doing he's got i mean he's got like phil mickelson-esque calves like good lord uh but yeah he's yeah beamer is a, he's a big fan though of, okay uh, so, him, Zach, so him. Second. Yeah, and not, then, yeah let me give you a sleeper. Uh one that was a non-combine guy, and I've been going through doing all these non-combine Ooh. guys for the last week. So uh, one that I like, and probably, I think this guy will probably end up being a fourth-round pick, but I'm going to fudge and say I could get him into the third, and that's going to be Scott Matlock from Boise State. Um, he was six-four, six, Buck. He's almost 300 pounds. He ran under five. Kind of use him as a four-eye there inside the tackle. Um, he's just really, really good on games. He's got some twitch. He's got some power um he was in the pa game he had a sack in the pa game so uh interesting interesting player yeah, you know maybe, maybe he's a four or five i don't know i sometimes with a defensive tackle in this class where it's not great i can mm. see him maybe going a little bit higher than than people think
4: okay let me let me just pick your brain on two guys so two guys that people have talked about like randomly but not consistently so let's go usc Tule, yeah,
0: Tule Tule below Tule. Below two lee
4: yeah yeah what do you think about him initially
0: i i like him a lot i think he's a i think he's a really good player he was in my top fifty at one point in time um he's one of those guys where i appreciate the production i appreciate the the uh skill set he's a mm-hmm. you know and you've said this before over the years like hey that's a pass rushes there's a craftsmanship to that like a route runner but i he just doesn't have a lot of juice so i don't think he ever ran a forty he's not real long so he's got thirty two and a quarter arms. He's kind of a tweener. He's 266 pounds, but this dude has a lot of tricks in his bag. Stutter bowl. Um, he can play with his hand up and down, slip, uh, rip. He can he can pop and separate, push-pull stuff. I mean, he's a great finisher. You give him a little bit of a runway, he's got power. He's just, um, you know, he's kind of a tweener and doesn't really have that elite juice and get-off. And when we did those, uh, remember when we did that scouting series, the prototype series? I remember when we were doing D lineman and we talked to these coaches and we talked to players like, Mm -hmm. where does it start? And they're like, it all starts with get off. Like, that's that's it. That's where it starts. Can you get off the rock? And I just didn't think he had an elite get off.
4: Yeah. Um, And and look, DJ, just one of the things that um, I've always been a stickler for. When you look at the great ones and look, you were around like think about sizzle right yeah. t sizzle didn't run a fast 40 time but when you watched him play his
0: 10 was excellent yeah
4: man the get off man just they jump they just jump off the the ball like their their they're thing going all the way back to like looking at von miller playing with Derek thomas watching bruce smith the the elite guys have that part of it and man that get off puts so much pressure on the blocker right away and so i think i think it's the number one thing that enhance you have those two mm-hmm. things are you going you're going to be a problem uh, the other person I was going to ask you about is Yaya Diaby. Yeah, know, he's, he's really got shoes. Yeah. Um, like thoughts, just just initial thoughts or whatever. Because some
0: yeah, of these guys he's, he's come long. up, we never
4: really talk about him Yeah,
0: He's got, yeah, he has got 34-inch arms. Um, he's long. It kind of play that three-man front. So you'll see him get washed and collapsed a little bit just because he's, you know, he's 263 pounds. But push-pull, he can change directions. He's He flashes some power. Um, again, kind of a little bit of a tweener, but he's got real juice. I mean, ran four, five, one at 263 pounds. So there's a lot to work with. I think he's, I think he's got a real chance of going on day two. Uh, I wouldn't, when I watched him on tape, I would have thought, okay, this is like a, this is like a good fifth round pick, like a little bit of a project. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some stuff there now. I'm like, ah, he's probably got a chance to go on day two.
4: Yeah. No, it, it's funny. I will say this. There's not a tape that I like watching more than watching Louisville play defense. Like, you, you, you talk about a guy, like, after my own heart. If we're going to play defense. We're not trying to be on the field long. No, We're going to get you or you're going to get us. But we're not going to be out here watching hey, you
0: dribble the hey. ball down the field. <laughs> the, the, the slogan, the, the unofficial slogan should be, we're here for a good time. We're not here for a long, a long time. time.
4: I mean, they come after you, and you think about the speed and the athleticism. And, man, I forget the little corner that was at the Shrine Kendrell game. Clark. Kendrell Clark, man. Squatting yeah. on balls, picking balls yeah, quick, off. Like just, he was unbelievable He's, at the Shrine game. He's another he does, one. That, he
0: does a good job of running up both sides of the scoreboard. <laughs>
4: he does, <laughs> but he goes after it. Yeah, man. Like So you think about an athlete like Yaya yeah, yeah, Diaby being able to play in a defense that just lets, hey, man, go hunt. We're going to yeah. hunt the quarterback. Like I, I like you play with your air on fire.
0: Yeah, interesting player. Uh, linebacker wise, let me give you a day two linebacker here. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with my guy who I've I've been riding this one the whole time. I think I'm higher on him. I know teams in the league like him. I don't think they like him, uh, as much as I do. Uh, Marte Mapu from Sac State. I'm a, I know he's got coming off a PEC, uh, injury, so he didn't get a chance to run. He's six o two five. He's around 220, twenty pounds, so he's a little bit undersized, but long, a lean ultra smooth and athletic. He was awesome at the senior bowl, man. As a, uh, as somebody who sees things, he doesn't have, like, I, I wrote in my notes, Buck. his controller doesn't have a pause button. Like he sees it <laughs> and goes like, there is no hesitation. He's got great instincts. He can cover. Um, uh, I just think that's what linebackers are supposed to do right now. He's got that type of a skill set. to me. I take him and I would, I personally, um, uh, I would take him in the bottom of the second round, top of the third round. And, and maybe some people in the league think I'm nuts on that one. He's one of those ones where I'm like, I'm willing to say,
1: I'm going to keep him right where
0: I have him. Let's, let's wait, let's wait two, three years and we'll circle back and all these big school linebackers and all, you know, all these fancy helmets and fancy uniforms, that little dude from Sac state is going to end up being better than almost all these guys.
4: You know, it's really hard because man, this, this, this linebacker class is kind of ho-hum, but I do remember hearing in the fall about the kid from Sac state you know, you you're tied into the guys on the West Coast. People are like, man, you got to make your way up to Sacramento. They got a little guy that can make mm-hmm. plays. And so you see him making plays. And we've seen the position is changing, man. We went from being uh, uh guys who wanted these big uh thumpers in the middle to hey, no, we want speed and athleticism, we want guys that can match up. We want to be able to play a little positionless football. And so you gotta have some guys that can run around and make plays. And so he's one of
0: those guys that can run around and make plays all over the field. You remember, um, you know, he kind of plays as they play that little four-two-five, and he, and he's kind of the nickel hole player, and then he plays some robber. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I think it was Cal Poly back in the day. Obviously, Erlacher was kind of the oh yeah, talking like, about Jordan played, Beck and those guys. Yeah, you remember how they would always play it like eight yards, like yeah, you know, yes. eight, eight to ten yards, and just put their athlete there and just let him just run fill the alley and make every play like he does. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Like super safety stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Man, I remember, I remember that. I remember
4: going there. I remember thinking like,
0: like, this is a great high school defense. Like this is, this is what you, yeah. Yeah. And you just take your, you take your athlete. He might be big. He might be small, whoever he is. We're going to put you, we're going to cover you up a little bit. We're going to back you up a little bit. And and let, just you, let just you see run everything and go yeah, yeah yeah you
4: just you don't have any responsibilities just see the pullers and just go screaming with your hair on fire that is so funny man taking it yeah. back to cal Poly. Old slow that is, that is that is that is go. um i have so you talk about big school guys i'm gonna go man we i had to get you guys was it 202
0: two oh two oh just double up just oh it like,
4: they need to split this up like uh, his name it just looks because all all the, the double apostrophes are getting me toe toe from out uh,
0: from alabama i tried to give you a way to remember it just think of it takes to oh to oh to make a thing go <laughs> <alive.
4: Yeah. laughs> um i am probably higher on this guy than a lot of man, the instinct he's instinctive. He's instinctive. Man, just he can't go instinct, wrong with instinctive man, linebacker. The instincts, he just sees it, he goes, he plays fast. Um, you can tell he sorts it out. The difference, like, so like a guy like Trent Simpson, who is more athletic or whatever, but it takes him a step before yeah. he can see what's going His on before he goes. Yeah. yeah, like this guy, man, he goes. He sees it, he goes, he makes plays, he's smooth and fluid. Uh, I just wrote down in my, my notes quick trigger. Key mm-hmm. and go. He doesn't mess around. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Good tackler, square hitter. So I, I, have, I got a nice little – got a good mid-second round I grade like on him. I got a nice – I got 6-5 on him.
0: I got a mid-second round grade on him. Like, I kind of like to do. I like it. Um, all right, I'm going to give you uh, – let's go to corners and safeties. We'll bunch them together. Just give you two names mm-hmm. here. Uh, for the corners, I'm actually going to go Riley Moss from Iowa. Hey, Uh, like him. I'm a Riley Moss guy. The white corner, Buck. Who knew? The white corner.
4: So I brought this up because I I told, um, I was telling Rhett, um, when I was in college, we, North Carolina, we played USC in the Pigskin Classic in 93. Seahorn. Jason Seahorn. Um, Mm -hmm. Jason Seahorn was on that team. And I just remember, DJ, you never see that. Hey. No okay <laughs> usually, usually that's where the ball's going
0: usually that's where the ball's going right away
4: okay so come out a little bit dj the ball the ball so look we run a post and look man i run past him and it's one of those things you like oh man i can't wait i'm gonna catch this i'm gonna walk in and dj i catch it but like he comes out of nowhere because i like i know i'm by him and he just flies and mm-hmm. makes a play on the ball now i catch it but i'm like holy smokes and so then yeah. you go and you watch him continue to get better that year. But then you watch him play ten plus seasons in the National Football League at corner, and we haven't really seen another one like that. Like we haven't seen a guy who look you don't put him at safety just because the paint job. You see a guy who can legitimately paint play.
0: Job, I love that. <laughs> so with Riley Moss and look,
4: and, I, and the reason I say that is because when I used to coach um, before I coached where I coached now, Granada Hills, I used to coach at Notre Dame, and so we would have little guys like that we put at corner and I would tell, like I had a guy, Cade, Cade's a little 5'8", white kid. I said, Cade, you can get all the smoke now. I'm just telling you when, <laughs> when they, see way, you, they see you, they see you, they're coming your way. So we gotta be on it. And so when I, I went and saw Riley Moss, um, two seasons ago, he was in the big 10 championship game and I'm watching him and I'm watching him in warmups and I'm looking at the footwork and the transitions and the break and I'm like, man, this, this guy is nice. And he had the reputation coming in because he had a bunch of turnovers and interceptions oh, yeah. and those things. And so, DJ, I think it's invaluable to have a guy like that that can move around. I would be intrigued to leave him at corner for a little bit. Yeah, I certainly know he can play. Like I leave him at corner. He makes so many plays that it stands out. And I'll never forget going to Utah and watching Eric Weddle and watching Mm -hmm. Eric Weddle take on Calvin Johnson. I think they played him in the bowl game. I remember that, man. And Eric Weddle was up to the challenge. I'm not saying that Riley Moss is Eric Guetta, but I certainly see a lot of value in what he brings to the table as an athlete playing on
0: the perimeter. Yeah, Riley Moss, 11 career picks, Buck. Um, So, And he's got three pick sixes. Guys, he makes a ton of plays, man. And he can run. He can jump. He had a good senior bowl. So to me, I think he's got a chance to go in the second round. Uh, I think he's got Mm -hmm. a good chance to go in the second round. There's no chance he gets out of the third. So that would be a corner for me. And then the safety real quick. Then I'll get your names. Um, again, neither one of us, I don't think, are in love with the safety class. And so I'll just, I'll, I'm going to cheat and just give you the guy who's my top safety. And that's Sidney Brown from Illinois. Again, tons of production, six picks, really good mm-hmm. special teams player. He's physical. He's tough. I think you're going to have to play him down as opposed to playing him high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know he's got a role. He's a good football player.
4: He is a good football player. Sidney Brown, I'm all over. Uh, DJ Justy, athleticism. That he brings to the table the instincts and awareness you know it's funny because I didn't expect him to be what he was when I popped in the tape I knew the athleticism and stuff but man you talk about six interceptions just all over the place tackling awareness down in the all box, awesome. physical um I mean just a good player and then you see the combine stuff that's when you're like oh four four seven four and a half inch vertical 10 ten broad jump 225 23 times so you get a super athlete who's also a pretty instinctive and productive player. So I'm good with him. Uh, I'll stay at the safety position in terms of, uh, I gotta like, how about Jordan battle from Alabama? Um, he's kind of a, what I call like an old school thumper in the middle. I like his Mm -hmm. eyes, the way that he lurks. And the thing, the funny thing about like the Alabama guys, he struck me when I used to look at TV copy as a big safety, right? Yeah, I know, same thing. Right, 6'1", 209. I was like, man, I thought he was so much bigger on TV before I started looking at the tape. I thought he was a really, really good player. So he's my guy, and I'm going to stay right there Alabama. And this is a bit of a, I would call, like a reputation pick and player in terms Mm -hmm. of maybe in the third round. But Eli Ricks from Alabama, the only reason I'm going to bring him up, DJ, as a potential day two guy, just because he's so long, he has all this yeah. stuff. Now I would say you have to check scheme fit and I'll say culture fit uh, in mm-hmm. terms of his personality. But in terms of his length, he was a five-star re- recruit who went to L- LSU, goes to Alabama, super long, um, does a really good job as a bumper run specialist, played as a role player in Alabama. Uh, I just think when you're looking for guys that are long, six 190, maybe he goes day two, but probably more day three. Just keep an eye on Eli Ricks. He is one that I could see him going to Seattle somehow and finding his way to end up being a really good player. You know?
0: Interesting. Was he a modern day guy? Yes. He's a modern
4: day guy. Modern day guy. He was all world. He was all everything coming out of high school. Kind of bounced around and left. I think he might have ended up at IMG. But Mm -hmm. he's local. So you always heard about him and you've seen him. And so he's just one I just wanted to get the name out there because sometimes those guys kind of tend to go to the pros and they become uh, – they remember that they're five-star recruits. So Yeah,
0: no kidding. The ability's in there. Um, all right. This has been a fun episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, knocking out some of these uh, day two players that we like and are looking forward uh, to seeing where they land here as a draft is right around the corner. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging with us. We will catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks.